imagine. It's late at night. You see this little bad thing across the room. You go over to her. And what do you talk about? You talk about all the cool-ass Halloween facts that you know from listening to Off The Top Podcast. Hey, welcome back to another one. I hope you like that scenario. What that was about was after you listen to this podcast, you're going to be twice, maybe even four times the person that you were before, as far as knowledge goes. And maybe as far as spook factor goes as well. Who knows? Julian, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty solid. Um, I really hope anyone listening to this doesn't have Samhainophobia, um, which is actually the fear of Halloween is one of the weird facts I've picked up. So you're only, you know, a minute and a half into this and you just, you guys just learned about a new phobia. Yeah. And I hope you guys are going to be conquering phobias as well. Being that Halloween is about kind of Halloween is about a lot of things today. Um, You know, that's about dressing up. There's a, a strong religious aspect. Um, people get candy from strangers, which is scary in itself if you're, you know, if you think about it long enough. And we kind of wanted to find out where the root of everything of this Halloween stuff kind of went. And, and essentially, I was very intrigued by a lot of the things that we're going to talk about and that we found in the history of Halloween, essentially, just because growing up as a child, in America, Halloween is hugely commercialized. Um, it's all about costumes. It's all about candy. It's all about running around at nighttime in the dark with your friends. And other than that, like you don't know every other holiday, you know, kind of why it's there. Halloween is just essentially there. And in today's generation, you don't essentially know why it's there. You may have a you know, some sort of idea, but my idea was completely different than the research we actually found for Halloween. I think I found the same like journey as you, Julian, like honestly, you know, Halloween for me beforehand, before researching this was kind of like a, uh, you know, a time as a kid that I would be super excited, super hyped. And as more of an adult, basically, let's be real. It's kind of like the last bash until like cuff season kicks off. So, you know, you got to lock it down pretty much, but this is your last time to have fun. But hearing and like researching about Halloween, you figure out that, you know, it, kind of it it starts with like pagan uh rituals and uh starts with the celtic which is really cool um and they uh like julian said samheim phobia they had a uh, festival or basically like the new year um it was called Samhain, and it's spelt like samheim though so s-a-m-h-a-i-n i believe is how it's spelled if you uh, found something wrong with that, get at me at the Twitter account that we just dropped. Um, but what it is, is that it's a celebration of basically when the crops die, um, the Celtic believe basically that there was this n- um, new year. And before between that, which was I think the new year was on November 1st they had this kind of like re- weird um, space between the years and it left open a lot of space for what they believed um, spiritual and a lot of interesting things that came with it. Julian, you want to talk more about that? Yeah, the the Celtic tradition, or some people may see it familiar in today's sports, the Celtic um, 
the kind of the, the paganism from the British Isles really in this festival, as Jordan kind of mentioned, was um, they started to wear costumes to ward off these ghosts and spirits. Um, and they believed during this kind of opening of the year and this change in between seasons that these ghosts and spirits were coming out to haunt and ruin their crops and, you know, make it a tough year for them. And to appease these ghosts and spirits, the Celtic would offer them treats um, in different fashions. They'd also do bonfires and just kind of try their best to make these spirits that they believed in or ghosts that they believed in happy with what they're doing and what they're providing to allow them to kind of continue to prosper without having their year essentially haunted or ruined or unlucky for the coming time. That's a hundred percent correct, which I mean, I could imagine putting myself in those shoes would be a very interesting time of year that you do every year. Um, but uh, to transition it um, around 43 AD, the Roman Empire took over the majority or of the Celtic territory. So now you have kind of this conglomerate of uh, a very strong Celtic base that have like pagan uh, festivals, pagan holidays, and uh, somewhat of a religion. And then you have this Roman base that is very Catholic. And so eventually down the road, about 609 AD, the Catholic Church um, have a day called All Saints Day. And All Saints Day is basically where you just pay homage to all the saints, kind of like uh, in the U.S., like President's Day. Like, hey, you guys are dope. Um, this this day's for you. And historically, it was all over the place. So depending on what province you were at, it could be a different time. And, it, you know, so eventually they decided to make it November 1st. That coincided with the Celtic holiday of Samhain. And I believe that, you know, part of that was just housekeeping. Like, hey, let's have just one specific day so people aren't always scatterbrained. But also maybe to appeal a little bit to that Celtic base of populace. Yeah, it's interesting with what we found so far, talked about so far to me that how strongly tied this is to paganism and, you know, the Celtic or the Celtic and how the Romans kind of came in and conquered and added their little twist to a few things to um, kind of make everyone somewhat happy with what's going on. I don't know how you'd be happy after you just got con most of your territory got conquered, but and then you kind of compare that to where we're at today with how commercialized it is. It's interesting to see these steps in between to where this disconnect is because um, essentially that Celtic, you know, the Samhain festival was, I mean, you're just kind of offering and sacrificing your stuff to ghosts um, and bonfires. And there's, and there's some other darker stuff that I found. Um, and then it kind of turns into this, you know, children's holiday of some sort. But once you kind of go to the Romans, another odd tie-in I found was um, this celebration, essentially commemorating the passing of the dead. On the second day, they honored Pon Pomona. So Pon Pomona, Pon Ponoma, there's an N there, um, the goddess of fruit and trees. And this is kind of where you find your first tie in for like apples and fruits and, you know, the traditional bobbing for apples. And it's just kind of 
weird. This is where my research really twisted my train of thought to being, you know, I thought the bobbing for apples was just some uh, quote unquote, like suburb mom's idea of like, this will be fun. And we did it. But it's interesting to see that where it actually came from. That's what I feel like you find a lot in, you know, things that you research that they things aren't as loose sometimes as you think they are. And that's why I thought about too, in the fact of, uh, in all souls or all saints day, um, they also had a big bonfire. They had parades. And one thing that they also did was dress up as either, you know, saints, angels, or devils. And so that's where I think you also get obviously the dressing up aspect way, way back then in the first, um, and, and like, obviously the first thousand years after AD, you get kind of like the real concrete foundation of Halloween or, you know, all Hallows, all Hallows Eve as it was called before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that kind of Halloween of what we know today, um, Hallow roughly translates to holy person and Eve roughly translates to Eve. So as Jordan said, kind of Hallows Eve, which when, you hear Halloween, you don't think like the, the rough breakdown of Holy Person Eve. Like now we have a bunch of, you know, adult costumes in this kind of like over sexualized adult form of Halloween. You have like the kids being their favorite characters, some of them being like evil characters or, you know, horror stars um, like Mike Myers or Freddy Krueger or Scream um, associated with you know, the translation of holy person's Eve. Yeah. And that's, that kind of doesn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And you, you kind of see how it kind of like morphs in, you know, kind of creates itself. Like you have this kid that kind of has ties between uh, Salon or like the Celtic festival and holiday and the Catholic one. And then you see it mature, grow up, kind of get into some punk rock, uh, <laughs> pierce its, you know, pierce its nose. And you have this fully grown uh, holiday called Halloween. And another thing that, you know, is ties from back then is that back in England, I, the, this is what I found as far as how trick or treating started or the treating part that is back in England. Um, as Halloween was basically, uh, you know, being practiced, eventually people started to visit, go door to door and ask for a, a type of bread called soul cakes. And what soul cakes were is, um, you know, nothing crazy special. I mean, it sounds really awesome, but what they would do in return for, you know, asking for soul cakes is that they would pray for the family's dead. Yeah. And I mean, I saw this too. And immediately when I researched it, it didn't click. But when you said it just clicked where loosely, I don't know if it's true, but like the, the, the phrase, like I'm going to eat your soul, um, I think could be directly tied right here. Right. Like if you're asking for these soul cakes, um, you're like poor, you don't have food. This is the way you're going to get food. Um, and you're gonna, you know, do this exchange. Um, why someone could say like, I want to eat your soul or, uh, <laughs> it's kind of a weird twist, but I didn't really ever think about that, but that's kind of, you know, a direct representation for me on where that could have came from. Cause I always wondered where that phrase of like eating someone's soul or losing your soul came from. And this is kind of one of the first pieces I've seen that's 
actually kind of give me more visualization to a metaphor or, you know, a phrase. I didn't even think of that, to be honest. And, you know, I'll just be real with you. I kind of was focusing on the word cakes <laughs> there. Um, in, in its sweetness and in the way it's shaped, if you know what I mean, fellas. Uh, or anybody, to be honest. Not to, not to close off that uh, clubhouse. But anyway, so uh, you start to see kind of like, like I said, the foundation, the building blocks of what we do now. Uh, and another thing too, that I kind of ran into and I found it very interesting and I'm not sure how a hundred percent it is, but in the U S is where they started the tricking part of trick or treating. And what would happen was, is with the, uh, huge influx of Irish immigrants to the U S, um, on Halloween, children would dress up in masks and basically prank people. And it, it would be very, you know, old timey pranks as far as not like, like I could imagine that this would be the equivalent of like pantsing somebody on a date or something with the, with somebody that they like. But basically what they would do is that they dress up in masks so they couldn't be seen and then take people's fences. <laughs> That's that, that is such a, that just sounds old to me. Like, you know how we're going to get these people? I'm going to take this fence, boy. Seriously, man. Like nowadays I'd be like, bro, I don't care. I rent. <laughs> Like that shit wasn't even <laughs> like it's, yeah, it's uh, silly. very interesting. The the one piece I found um, similar to that that was kind of really odd, but um, was the story of the jack o' lantern. Did you did you see any of the mm. see anything about the story of the jack o' lantern? Uh, I believe that it started from uh, uh, turnips that they used as lanterns. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to break it down for you listeners real quick. The jack-o'-lantern, right? Everyone's seen it. You carve it. It's a pumpkin. It's orange. Um, you make your cool little design or you paint it. Um, but essentially what the jack-o'-lantern is, is like a very old story where um, this the village drunk, right? Jack uh, ends up walking home or is out and about just super drunk and finds the devil um, and traps the devil in a tree, uh, because that's where the devil's hiding and he puts a cross on it. And so while tricking the devil to be up there, Jack makes a deal. And this deal comes out to be, if I let you down from this tree, you can never claim my soul. And so the devil says, all right, cool. Get me out of this tree, my dude. Um, I got things to do. So, you know, they shake on it or however, they do deals. Um, and <laughs> then so the devil stays true to it. Uh, Jack dies. Jack obviously can't go to heaven because he's made uh, a deal with the devil and tries to go to hell. Uh, and devil stays true. He's like, I can't, dude. Like, can't take your soul. So like, here, take this piece of coal. Um, so Jack takes this piece of coal and cuts a hole into a turnip, like Jordan said, um, and lights it up and uses this lantern um jack's lantern to you know search and guide for his eternal resting place um and i've also saw some stories that some people use beets um shout out to shout out to shroot farms um uh, and it's just slowly progressed to pumpkins probably because pumpkins were in some sort of mass growth at the time and someone commercialized it super quick that is a hell of a story so let's recap folks 
this guy Jack traps the devil into a tree. He says, listen here, you can get out of this tree and there's only one way it's going to happen. You're not taking my soul. And obviously, you know, the devil's trapped in the tree. <laughs> you know, if you're trapped by a drunk guy, you probably submit and be like, all right, dude, fine, whatever. And so then this guy's trapped on earth and is just roaming around uh, jack-o'-lanterns. Now, <laughs> that's a hell of a story. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So uh, there's a, that's if you're wondering where Jack Lanterns came from, that story just migrated into, um, you know, a friendly meeting of an average human and the devil. And now we have lighting up pumpkins. Uh, and that's where you can kind of see some of the commercialization coming into, um, you know, what America did to Halloween. Yeah. And some of the more interesting things that I actually kind of researched uh, and not more days now than anything is that uh, about 25% of the U.S.'s candy that they buy annually is on Halloween. That's a lot of candy. I'm a candy guy. And I was just like, wow, that's that's a lot, guys. I was going to say, you can make an argument that you bought 25% of uh, America's candy while we're in the apartment together. But if it's Halloween, you know, pish posh. Yeah. yeah. All of our fans, whatever, bro. Go ahead. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Julian is a liar. I, the only candy I eat is candied beets, maybe some kale if I'm feeling frisky. Yeah. Another thing I saw that was um, slightly unique to, to America is um, kind of in the 1800s, it started to transition more into um, neighborhood and holiday games. And then kind of towards the, you know, the 1950s, 1930s, somewhere in that realm um, to publicize it, they kind of got rid of the religious and superstitious and grotesque background to Halloween so that it was, you know, more appealable to your children. And, you know, it's this going to be this fun neighborhood game. And that kind of just really took off. It's, it's interesting that they kind of twisted it to be more inclusive, which I think is a really kind of smart idea, depending on what you were trying to go for. Uh, it makes sense as far as kind of like you, what you said, as far as commercializing it, commercializing it and the fact that Halloween is the U.S.'s second largest commercial holiday after Christmas, obviously. And it is something that's so ubiquitous. I mean, you go different places in the U.S., obviously here Halloween's big as well. Uh, and you just kind of are immersed in it, right? And everybody seems to, you know, do it. Everyone seems to be familiar with it. And it's like so widespread. Yeah. The other countries that um, participate in Halloween, very similar to the Americans, um, like you said, England, Wales, Ireland, Scotland, um, also celebrate Halloween in a very similar sense since it's been commercialized, um, probably with a little bit different, um, you know, rituals or, you know, how it goes about. Australia is strictly, Australia, I think, probably celebrates it in some way, but they don't really believe in it. They just think it's like a gimmick by America, which, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like if the average person is going to spend $88 on um, candy and costumes, 
uh, for Halloween, I could see why you think it's a gimmick. Like I, you're going to buy $88 worth of candy and a costume for one night uh, where, and I mean, internally you can see why Halloween makes about an estimated $6 billion annually for 2018 or will make about $6 billion for 2018. And that's continuing to rise annually. Um, why you could see Halloween has turned into a giant commercialization and this huge gimmick for America. It's, uh, I, I didn't know that about Australia, but not to digress too much, but they didn't even know what black Friday was. They thought it was this thing called boxing day. <laughs> so they're a little, the curve i love you guys out there i love you fans out there but i'm just saying like it's called black friday not boxing day yeah and if you if you listeners were you know you've made it this far and you wanted to um hear another little story little gem julian's gonna drop this this gem is gonna be kind of dark um it's essentially you know everyone's heard the rumor or the gossip or what parents tell you know you parents tell children like be careful what you eat in your candy there could be razor blades in it people could be doing things to it and that stems from an incident in 1974 sadly so a father laced his children's candy with cyanide ends up obviously these children pass away and years later um, they didn't find this at first, but years later they find out the father had taken out a twenty or forty thousand dollar insurance policy, life insurance policy on each of his children, um, and that's how he got caught. And as you can see, that being in 1974, where a lot of parents nowadays were raised in that age, or were children, or just being born, were probably taught that them then that then and from there on have kind of spread that and that's if you're wondering you know where did that come from or where do those come from yeah a real tragic event in the 70s that's horrible i didn't even know that i obviously it just makes common sense to be uh, more cautious around you know strangers handing out candy and things that you would ingest in general just because you know a lot of things could go wrong with that putting something like that in your body but that is very, very, um, yeah, it's pretty grim. I had no idea. Yeah. And if you guys are looking for a lighter note, Halloween used to be like the big matchmaking day. Um, so um, where you get bobbing for apples is some women would mark apples and have men bob for them. And if they came out with one, that was supposed to be their future husband. Um, a little way to find your future husband if they're good at bobbing for apples. Not the way I would look for my future soulmate, nor would you catch me bobbing for apples in a competitive landscape like that. <laughs> Julian's a, yeah, Julian's a competitor, but don't you dare try to get him to dunk his head into a tank and bob for apples. But that's funny that you mentioned that it was kind of a matchmaking thing, because like I mentioned earlier, I believe that the Halloween is the last celebration or kickoff for the cuff season. And if you guys don't know what cuff season is, it's when in the winter months you uh, settle down with somebody just so you can make it through. I mean, you know, you don't get as much vitamin D. You might get a little depressed, and that's why you have somebody to uh, share experiences with, enlighten, or ameliorate the situation. And so that makes a perf perfect reason. But imagine you get snapped up by the guy that has the 
the horse face because he's just so good at bobbing for apples and he just picks that thing up and you're just like oh well all right steve thank you're the one um yeah yeah then i mean that's kind of a, a rundown of what halloween is and the history of halloween the highs the lows the religious aspects the dark aspects um if you guys are wondering you know you're listening to this on Sunday or before Halloween 2018. You're wondering, what are the two most popular costumes? It's going to be Fortnite characters, which is pretty square to me, and Spider-Man, which, you know, Spider-Man's always been popular, so I can live with it. Yeah, I'm I'm down with the Spider-Man for sure. And so, you know, in, in uh, leaving you guys and having you guys all hyped up for this Halloween that's coming up, you know, maybe you drop some hints. Maybe you're like, oh, I know how this started. Oh, watch out for that candy, uh, Bryce. It, you know, might have something in it. Uh, something like that. I, I hope you guys learned something from this and enjoyed it as much as we have. Once again, we are on uh, all of 12 platforms that we put this out on. We have it at Twitter. We have an Instagram um, we have an email and we are looking possibly, you know, for sponsors to kind of partner up with for the off the top experience. Uh, you know, Julian, do you have anything uh, that you want these guys to know? Yeah. Uh, trick or treat off the top is offering candy for all ages. So go ahead and follow us on any of those platforms. You know, if you're on anchor, we just learned you can send us messages like voice messages. If you use the mobile app, send us voice messages. We'll reply. Um, We really love your support. We hope you have a happy Halloween. We hope you have a safe Halloween and we hope you, you can drop some gems or steal some people's fences. Very good. Catch you guys later. 